Support for NPR and the following message come from Ally. While you're working hard, is your money being lazy? Make your money work harder than ever with Ally's new smart savings tools. For all things money, you deserve an Ally. Visit ally.com. Ally Bank member FDIC. Welcome to the small batch edition of Pop Culture Happy Hour. I'm Linda Holmes. I'm the editor of NPR's pop culture and entertainment blog, Monkey See. I'm here in the studio with Glenn Weldon, who writes about books and comic books and other stuff for NPR's website. Hi, Glenn. Hey, Linda. So Glenn and I are in the studio because we are about to bring you uh, a discussion that Glenn had with, tell me who it's with, Glenn. With Philip Pullman, the author of the His Dark Materials trilogy, among other books, which is a fantasy series, which is not your daddy's fantasy series. It's not... uh, quaint Chronicles of Narnia kind of stuff. It's much more uh, intellectually rigorous. It's hugely adventurous. It includes the Golden Compass, the Subtle Knife, and the Amber Spyglass. And the reason I talked to him, he announced that uh, there's a new trilogy on its way. And that's something that for a lot of people have been waiting for for a long time. Right. And so if people haven't read those books, what are they about? Oh, boy, it's uh, complicated. But uh, there is a uh, young girl named Lyra in a world that is like ours, but not. And the plot takes place over the course of several worlds, including our own parallel universes. And uh, the, the world is familiar, but there's all kinds of other things about it. There are talking bears who wear armor. Uh, as I talked to him about in the interview, it's, it's a kind of an argument for a, a very independent kind of thinking. It's not quaint little fairy tale story it's it's something that is really about the nature of humanity and free will it's uh it's a really fascinating it's a really fascinating story okay well thank you so much glenn uh full episodes of pop culture happy hour are available every friday at npr.org or on the npr one app or wherever you get your podcasts let's listen in in the announcement today you stress that these next three books that are coming are not a sequel they're not a prequel you call it an equal what do you mean by that exactly Well, the first book is set roughly 10 years before the action of His Dark Materials. Mm -hmm. And the second book and subsequent books, if there are any, probably be a third book, are set 10 years after it. So in the first one, Lyra is only a baby of about six months. Um, And so she's not able to do very much, but she's certainly the focus of intense activity on the part of the, uh, the main protagonists. In the second book, she will be 20 years old, so she'll be an adult. Mm-hmm. So the story begins before his dark materials and continues after it. But it's not a prequel because it doesn't, you don't have to read it before you read his dark materials. And it's not a sequel because the story of his dark materials is finished and over. This is another story which comes after it. So it's not a prequel and it's not a sequel. It's an equal. <laughs> and um, it's a sort of companion book, if you like. It doesn't stand before his dark materials or after it. It stands beside it. Now, you've come back to this world and these characters before in a couple short novels and in an audiobook, and you've been letting people know that this next The Book of Dust is coming for quite a while now. Now, you certainly could have kept up that same strategy. You could have just kept turning out shorter works forever. Mm-hmm. People would have eaten them up with a spoon. It could have gone on forever. So what motivated you to come back to this world in this way, using the sweep and the scope that a trilogy affords you? That's a good question. Um, I think it was that I sensed a big story. Uh, I sensed the presence in the way that you do of another story that hadn't been told. And I went closer and looked at it and thought about it, lived with it for a while. And then I discovered that, yes, it was a big story and it did deserve to be told. And it did deserve its own, its own books. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And that's the reason for it, really. It's called the Book of Dust, because I should explain something about dust with a capital D. Mm -hmm. Dust is something which terrifies the religious authorities in the first book in his dark materials. It seems to have something to do with human consciousness. It seems to have something to do even with experience, or as they call it, sin. Mm -hmm. um, but they don't know what it is, and they don't know why it's so important, and they're terrified of it. Now, in the course of the story, Lyra and her companions discover something about dust, something important, that it's not a bad thing, it's a good thing. And um, that's what I wanted to explore in, in this new work, really, more about the nature of dust and consciousness and what it means to be a human being. Hmm. So that's what this story is about. Now, it's been almost two decades since the last book of that original trilogy came out. I imagine you're a different person than you were back then. You're a different writer than you were back mm. then. So has anything changed in how you approach this world and these characters? Well, undoubtedly, an incalculable number of the cells in my body have been replaced by other <laughs> cells. So in that sense, I'm a different person. But certain things continue. Memories continue. Attitudes to the world um, persist. And my way of writing a story, I don't think is any different from what it was. I kind of feel my way into it not through thinking what the theme is and finding characters and incidents to illustrate the theme so much as seeing interesting incidents and events and following those and seeing what what theme emerges. That's the way this one worked and that's the way my other books have worked. So I don't think it's, it's come in any different, in any radically different way from the, the previous books. What about uh, the worldwide reaction to the books? Does that color your writing in any way? Yeah, that's um, that's an interesting one because when I, when I wrote the first book, the first series, Golden Compass, starting in 1993, I didn't expect more than a readership of about two or 3,000. That's sort of based on previous experience and thinking what sort of book it was. I didn't think it would have a very wide audience, but maybe a few people would enjoy it. The fact that it was um, received with such interest all over the world in 40 different languages really did amaze me. It didn't. Uh, it didn't change what I was doing though, because I was already, you know, in my forties, late forties when I started that. I wasn't a, a young writer starting out and bowled over by all the um, response and attention and so on. I was pretty clear and determined about what I was doing and how I was doing it. Uh, the only difference it made is that I had a lot more letters to write back to answer. <laughs> Nowadays, I communicate by, by Twitter and. Um, things like that. But in those days, there were a lot of letters to answer, and I duly did. Mm -hmm. So that took up some time. Well, let's talk about your readership uh, and Twitter, because uh, you are a very different writer than, say, George R. R. Martin, but you share a couple things in common. One is a skill with a big story, epic storytelling, but you also share a very impatient readership. Uh, you, uh -huh. you know this. You, you interact with these folks on Twitter. They, they are clamoring for this story. Can you speak to any pressure you feel to produce for those people? Well, I have a standard answer. When people say, how's the Book of Dust getting along? When's it going to be finished? I say, with perfect truth, it is three pages longer today than it was yesterday. <laughs> but I didn't, I didn't set a kind of terminal number of pages on it. Mm -hmm. um, I just let people know that it was proceeding, and it was growing, and it was getting bigger and getting longer. And so it was, and so it is. And um, they, I think people are good enough to wait. Yeah, They know yeah. I'm not going to let them down. It's mm -hmm. going to be there. And there are other things to interest them in the meantime, such as the... Um, news that the BBC are going to make a, a long TV series of his dark materials. People are very interested in that, and so am I. I'm looking very much looking forward to seeing how that works out. Now, I know you're, you're, you can't tell us too much, but are there any 
hints you could give us? I'm speaking on behalf of your millions of readers. Uh, yeah. Any any hints of anything? What happens to Lyra? We just want a, a sense. Any any hints on even the title of the first book? Anything you can give us? Well, uh, Lyra is the central character, as I, as I said. But in the first book, she is uh, she is only eight. Uh, sorry, uh, six, six six or seven months old. So it's the characters around her who are important in the first book, who, who have all the agency, all the action. And one of those in particular is a boy whom we will have seen before in one of the other books, but I'm not saying which one, and there he wasn't a boy, he was an adult. Uh-huh. I'll also say there's a great flood involved, and um, that was very helpful to me because floods are dramatic events, exciting events, terrifying events, uh-huh. and it provided me with a very good way of leading up to the climax and finishing the story. So there you are. That's a little fact. That's good. That's good. Let's think about those, you know, this is an NPR readership. I think uh, we can safely assume there's maybe six people listening who haven't read these books. But for those six unfortunate people, they may hear us talking about this. And they may, they may be thinking, I know what this is. This is a straightforward YA fantasy adventure series in, this is Chronicles of Narnia, they may be thinking. Is it safe to say that while there is certainly high adventure here, uh, you talked about the flood, you talked about all these dramatic things happening, these books work to make a nuanced argument, an intellectual argument for a kind of thinking, a rational, uh, independent, secular kind of thinking. Can you speak to that at all? Yes, I can. Uh, I've been greatly criticized for the um, attention to religion that I give in the books, but I've been criticized on the whole by people who haven't read the books. My attitude to religion is that religion is a most interesting and extraordinary human phenomenon. I'm fascinated by it, interested in it, and at some points critical of it. And the points when I become critical are the points when politics comes into the question and religion acquires political power. Mm-hmm. Political with a small p, for example, within the confines of a single family, or political with a large p on a national or international scale. When religion gets the power to tell people how to dress, who to fall in love with, how to behave, what they must not read, what they must not wear, what they must, all those things, then religion goes bad. And um, sin, evil, if you like, temptation comes far too strongly for the people to resist. Mm-hmm. Religion is a private thing and a fine thing and a good thing as long as it remains private. But as soon as it becomes public and political, it's dangerous. That's the position I've taken up in the first trilogy and the position which the third, the, the, this, this current one takes up as well. Mm. Okay. Thank you so much. I really enjoyed it. I, I, I love these books. I didn't want to tell you at the outset, but uh, just uh, so you know, I told my my husband of 18 years last night that I was going to be uh, talking to you today, and he reminded me that I approached him in a bar uh, 18, 19 years ago because he was reading uh, The Subtle Knife. Uh, is that right? That is absolutely <laughs> correct. Uh, and I knew we had something in common, and it turned out we did. So you're bringing people together, sir. Well, that's a very nice story to tell. Thank you very much, and my best wishes to your husband, and thank you for talking to me, and thank you for your interesting questions. Thank you so much. It was wonderful. Thank you very much. Bye-bye. Goodbye. Goodbye. 